On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Matt and Maddie's Manic Maple Leaf Musings. Here it is! Stars! Buds and Bolts. Ooh, and it's alright and it's coming on. We gotta get right back to where we started from. Love is good. Love can be strong. We gotta get right back to where we started from. Ooh. Buds and Bolts. Game 7. Leafs lose. Uh, out, again, round one, again, long summer, again, uh, Matt and Maddie's manic maple leaf musings, uh, maybe Maddie, as we throw another M into the uh, alliteration mix there, um, as we've, uh, mentioned in, in previous episodes here, uh, Maddie this weekend is down in the Dominican Republic. Uh, celebrating a bachelor party with a buddy of his. And uh, he seemed particularly, he had told me, uh, (laughs) we'll see if he comes along here or not. Uh, He had told me before he left, obviously, that this was a thing. Uh, But he thought game six, they would just be down there. They were going to sort of keep her together on the first day or two. And uh, he'd be able to jump in, but probably not for game seven. And then uh, you guys heard him. You were here. You were with me. Uh... He said in uh, during that Game 6 show, he was confident he would be here for Game 7, despite it being the uh, the Gone Wild day. And uh, he is, so far, non-responsive on the cell phone. Hopefully, he is not non-responsive uh, down in the Dominican Republic. Uh, heavily, heavily, uh, I don't know, intoxicated on, on something, no doubt. So we'll move along. If Maddie joins us, that'll be great. Look, we'll keep it short, guys. Um, I'm sort of at a loss for words, to be honest with you, and I'm not going to do much looking ahead here. This whole thing has been about this series, these games. What have we seen? What's gone on? Uh, I will also say, though, for long-time listeners, the annual Maple Leaf flag-lowering ceremony will also be posted on the podcast uh, not too long after this one. So if you're looking for more of a general wide sweeps what's next kind of thing I will have that as I as I go out to my balcony in shame and take down the uh, the maple leaf flag that flies there uh, during the playoffs every year under the cover of darkness so no one can have any sort of uh, schadenfreude uh, you know watching me have to take this thing down this one I don't know what to say like I said I'm at a bit of a loss it's It's clear the Leafs were better than they were last year. 
The Leafs were more mature. They kept coming. They were more desperate. And yet, they've lost again. And so, I don't really know what to do with that right now. I thought for large swaths of the series, the Leafs were the better team. And Tampa Bay was maybe the more, um, you know, was more able to capitalize on the opportunities that did present themselves. And Toronto has yet to, to do that. Um, you know, at the end of the second period, or very close to the end of the second period, the, uh, the shot attempts favored Toronto 37-36. But I believe the shots were 19-13 Tampa. I don't know what you read into that. Toronto was buzzing. Toronto had great zone time. Toronto kept putting pressure on them throughout the game. But when it came time to actually get pucks on net, Tampa was doing it better. Is there anything to be read into that in terms of maybe one team squeezing their stick a little tighter than the other? Or just coincidence? The one thing you can take away from it, and and to be fair, the Leafs changed this in the third period. They were only on pace for 20, 21 shots, and that was not going to be enough. And luckily, they came out absolutely flying in the third period. And it's not like they'd been bad earlier in the game. But, you know, you needed that desperation the entire time. And I think Tampa, even if they didn't necessarily show the same desperation, because they were very poised through the whole thing, maybe they didn't feel as a desperate uh, they made sure when they got an opportunity, that opportunity ended on net. Maybe Toronto created more opportunities, but didn't get the pucks to the net. Tampa had fewer opportunities, but made sure the puck got where it needed to be to create an opportunity. I don't know if that means anything or not, but as I look back at this game seven, that's sort of sticking with me right now. Is something that I'm going to want to ponder a little bit. Look, I'll be honest with you, similar to game six, I didn't spend much time going to my normal uh, websites and, and Twitter follows and whatever to, to gather the information. I'd, and I also turned the TV off almost right away. There's always the handshake line, which, you know, fair enough. I don't really, I don't think the handshake line is anywhere near as cool as everyone else does, but I don't really have a problem with it. What I didn't care to see was the stuff that comes after. I don't need to see an interview with Stan Coase where he's like, oh, they got a great team over there, and in the future, they're going to do great. Shut the fuck up. I don't care. You patronizing douche. I may be taking this out a little bit too hard on Steven Stamkos because everyone on every team who's just eliminated someone else does it. <laughs> he's just the guy who came to mind for me at this point. But that sort of... Um, I was looking to avoid that. I didn't need to see that because I, I knew that for myself. The Leafs played so much better. And and we'll talk when I go out to lower the flag in the next episode about what comes next. But that's up in the air right now because I thought this year, this group, all of these guys finished for better or worse, a point a game or better in this series. Toronto's top guys showed up including Morgan Riley, who I guess we're going to now have to start adding as part of the, the big five. Now he's got the big long-term contract as well. 
I thought for the most part, all of them were very good. They took shit and they took turns being hot and cold. Like Mitch Marner in this game, this might be the best game I've ever seen Mitch Marner play. And you contrast that with last year's game seven or six or five or four or three, where he was a ghost. And yet you come up short. Sometimes you just lose. I traded a couple texts with uh, with Rob earlier in the day on Saturday before the game. Just, you know, he sent a message over to ask what I was thinking. And I just said, I, same thing he'd sort of been thinking throughout the whole series. I, the Leafs have shown they can skate with Tampa, that they're just as good as Tampa. But can they finish the job? Can they be better than Tampa? Can they drive the stake through the heart? And they didn't. But when you watch how the game played out, the pieces that people will be screaming for change from or like a total teardown, a total retooling, those guys that you'd have to trade to do that, in my opinion, showed up in this series and did their job. So what are you talking about dealing? I assume Ilya Mikheyev will leave as a free agent. You know, his play kind of, he played fine, but he turned himself into a 20-odd goal guy during the regular season, and aside from a couple of empty netters, was not that in the playoffs. That secondary scoring, you were going to uh, Pierre Ingvall, same thing. His scoring disappeared in the playoffs. Rob and I talked before the beginning of the series about the fact that I thought the stars might saw each other off. And I think Toronto's stars ended up being better. I think it was better than a saw-off. I think Marner and Matthews and Tavares and Nylander as a group ended up being better than Kucherov and Stamkos and Point and Hedman. I get Hedman. Fuck, he was good. Uh, Sorelli, I know some people toss in. I really like Sorelli. Um, and he did a really good job in games three and four shutting that Matthews group down. I think the Leafs stars were better. But Tampa's depth was better that game four win where Tampa gets three goals from three different guys on their fourth line that was never going to happen for the Leafs but that's sort of the risk you run when you go top heavy like this maybe it's not enough obviously it isn't to just saw it off your stars versus our stars maybe our stars have to be that much better than yours to make this work. These are all things we'll talk about when I go out to take the flag down because we're sort of drifting into a what comes next kind of thing and I'm trying to keep the focus here as it looks more and more like Maddie is not going to <laughs> Maddie is not going to make it. God love him. Uh you know he's having a good time down there in the DR. Um but as you look at the series, and like I said, I think tonight was maybe one of the best games I've ever seen Mitch Marner play. I thought Austin Matthews was an absolute monster. Um, as I said at the end of the, or I said a few minutes ago, at the end of the second, Toronto didn't have enough shots. And they got a ton of them in the third. But this is the closest I would say, and this was my concern after game six, is we hadn't yet seen Vasilevsky steal one. In the first two periods, Toronto didn't have enough shots to say that he stole this one, but he absolutely did what he does in the third period when Toronto got a butt ton of shots and he, he shut it all down. And, uh, you know, I'm not hanging anything on Campbell here. I thought he was fine. We've talked for quite a while about 
Jack Campbell isn't the type of goalie because you can't afford the type of goalie who goes out and steals games for you. You need a goalie who's good enough to just not allow anything bad to happen, not allow any shit in behind a team that's good enough to protect him. And I thought that's sort of what played out for most of the series, including in game seven. Uh, The one, the first goal against that's clearly tipped off Morgan Riley. And then, you know, the rebound gets banged in. And then the second one, Muzzin's standing there and Kalorn rips the stick out of his hand. No call. Okay. I guess that's game seven. And, and they're able to bang that one in. Nick Paul's uh, second there. That's playoff hockey, I guess. I didn't have a problem with anything Jack Campbell did in that one. Uh, And as we sort of get ready to wind this down, kind of looking at the series in general, Jake Muzzin was a miracle in this series. Coming back, people weren't even sure if it was worth it to dress him because he had been not good this season and he was coming off multiple injuries. He's had the concussion, then he came back. Something else happens that he barely plays in those last couple of weeks. You're not even sure if you want that guy in your lineup for game one. And I would suggest to you, he was probably, with Brody, your best defenseman. Certainly your best pair, he and Brody. Um, he was terrific. And he played over 30 minutes in that game uh, game six that went to overtime. I think the more often, the more games that go by where you don't really notice him is usually what you're looking for. And we got a lot of that. But when you were noticing him, it was for positive things. He was keeping pucks in. He was getting shots through. He was rubbing guys off who were coming down in the... Rubbing guys out, not rubbing guys off. Something totally different. Uh, I thought he was really good. And this is the tough part of this. As I go through this, I don't have a lot of complaints. I don't have a lot of guys where I sit there and go, that guy cost us a series. Or man, we needed more from that guy. Or you were terrible. Or that guy, you know. You look up and down. And like I said a few minutes ago, McKayev and Ingvall. For a little secondary scoring, you could have used a little bit more, but I don't look at that and go, that's the reason we lost. I thought overall they played pretty well. Pretty good in their own end. Pretty good transporting the puck up the ice. Yeah, the shooting percentage for Mikheyev went off a cliff. You know, we'll have to look a little deeper into the statistics to see what caused that. But overall, you're like, yeah. John Tavares ended up being pretty good. William Nylander ended up being pretty good. That Matthews and Marner line bunting early in the season or series looked like he was struggling, right? Coming off that injury, he's not ready. He's not going to be able to play up high. By the end of the series, he was going. And you look up and down, you look at all those positives, and it's almost mind-blowing to sit there and go, but you're out again. It's done. Sometimes that's the way it goes. Sometimes you just lose to a better team. I'll have to think about that as to whether or not I believe we lost to a better team, but they certainly lost to a very good team. Two-time defending champs. I don't know. You know, are they worn down or are they now going to take a run? Like, I'm not one of those people who feels particularly better. Like, hey, you lost to the team that went on and won the, the whole thing. That doesn't do anything for me. I... To me, all that means is, okay, so we could have taken that run. I do think Tampa will handle the Panthers in the next round. Uh, Like, I I don't think they're leaving this series completely spent or anything like that. 
But that's what makes this a little rough. I think if the Leafs had gotten through this, I think the Leafs would have handled the Panthers. That's just speculation. They haven't been out of the first round in however long, but neither the Panthers. So I think there was a bit of a path here. I think this series that Toronto just lost was the hardest one they were going to face, with the exception of possibly Carolina. But even they struggled a bit with Boston here. I think if Toronto had gotten through this, there was a path to go pretty deep. But they didn't. Uh, these have been fun. And, uh, well, sometimes fun. <laughs> sometimes, like tonight, less fun. Um, we'll see what happens moving forward. Um, but uh, I want to say thank you to Maddie, wherever he may be, doing belly shots off of, you know what, let's not speculate. Uh, as he made time after each of these games to uh, to drop by and, and give his thoughts and uh, I said in the uh, second intermission, I tweeted out, fuck it, switching to rum. I'll still be the most sober guy on this show as, uh, as Matty dials in from a bachelor party in the Dominican Republic. And it turns out I was right. I am the most sober guy on this show, but it is because I am the only guy on this show. But thank you to Matty. Also want to say do- uh, thank you to Dr. Vicki Forster, who, uh, who did one or two of these with us as well. Um, she's a ton of fun and we will put her, uh, her Twitter handle, um, in the show notes. Uh, she's a very bright person. You should be following her anyway, just for her thoughts on, you know, as I've moved through the pandemic, her advice has been invaluable. Um, you know, and, and just in general, she's got uh, good takes on that stuff. Plus her, uh, her hockey takes. So thank you to her as well. And thank you to our pal, uh, four time. I always say three time cause it's been programmed into me. It is now four time. Canadian Paralympian Amy Burke, who uh, who came in to uh, to loan her voice to the uh, intro and outro as well. Uh, look, on uh, Sunday is the seventh anniversary of the Tall Can Audio Podcast, and God help me, Steve Bunda and Graham Creech will be in studio. Bunda, he's a compassionate guy. He's going to let me off the hook a little bit, I think. Graham Creech is absolutely not. Graham Creech is a troll, and uh, this is not going to be a comfortable experience. But we'll be marking seven years of Tall Can Audio. Uh, with those guys, and it'll be more of a uh, the usual Sunday stuff, news and notes, right? Everything that's been going on throughout the world of sports uh, with those guys as Rob is out of town this weekend, but uh, he will return next week to the show. So uh, look forward to uh, to all of those. Thank you all for uh, for listening to these. I hope you've enjoyed it. Something a little bit different on the on the podcast. The one tiny piece of relief that I will take from the Leafs not winning this series is that there were multiple times over the last two weeks where I said to myself, this was a terrible idea. Because after the game, we come in, we record. I'm a bit of perfectionist when it comes to editing and uh, and stuff like that. So these have been late nights putting these together and getting them posted uh, right away. And it would have been hard had the Leafs gotten through to round two or three to suddenly go, yeah, we were only doing those for the first round and shut it down. Uh, so there is a small part of me that is relieved that the Leafs are not moving on to the second round and, uh, and I don't have to do any more of these late night, uh, post game shows and, and be up till all hours editing and, and getting posted for you guys. But, uh, I do hope you've enjoyed it with something a little different, something we wanted to try. Uh, we'll keep experimenting with different stuff as we move forward, but, uh, yeah, hope you'll join us on Sunday, uh, for our seventh anniversary show with Creech and Bunda. Like I said, Rob will be back. Uh, next Sunday as well so 
Uh, we'll have lots to get to, and, uh, and we'll talk to you all then. Thank you all for listening to Buds and Bolts. We'll see you all next time.